This is the Magic and Medicine Podcast, and I am your host, Sarah Rain. I am a healing artist and a witch based in Portland, Oregon, and I work with Reiki, tarot, sound, and intuition to offer support, guidance, and empowerment to you, my clients, and community. In this podcast, I weave personal stories, energetic insights, and the wisdom that I've learned along my path to explore the realms of magic and medicine. I hope there is some good medicine for you here, and thank you for joining me where the magic happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Magic and Medicine. I am, as always, delighted and honored to be here with you. So, welcome to our November episode. Uh, This episode is called Tend to Your Roots, the Magic of November. And if this is your first time joining us, um, this is an episode I do each month where basically I share the vibes that I'm feeling for the month, um, give a basic astrological forecast, and then share a collective tarot reading. Um, And anything I share in these episodes and anything I share, you know, anywhere here on this podcast is always, you know, take whatever works for you and leave the rest. So it's just some collective medicine for you, some collective invitations and themes to think about. So uh, today we are going to get started. I'll share a few updates for November, um, a few ways that you can work with me, new things that are happening in my world. I will then share the vibes that I felt um, and I'm feeling into this November. And again, these are just like the things that come through my intuitive channel, you know, the messages I get. So I will share them here for you in hopes that it sparks something uh, beautiful and supportive for you. And then we'll take uh, we'll take a look at the astrology for the month ahead, the basic transits that are happening take a quick break for our sponsors and then we'll get into the collective tarot reading and then after I share the collective tarot reading I will end with a poem called the scorpion that I wrote I believe two Scorpio seasons ago Um, it's a little moody but pretty perfect for (laughs) this time of year Okay, so the updates from me. Uh, first one is that I am launching and reworking uh, my boundaries course, and I'm really excited about this. The last time I taught this class, it was a an in-person workshop in New York City, and it was called Boundaries for Women. Uh, and that was, I believe, in 2018, 20, maybe the beginning of 2019 was the last time I taught that. So Obviously, it's way different now, way more expansive. I've learned a lot about boundaries, uh, both in my personal journey as well as taking Sulky's boundary class, which you may have heard you know, a bit about that, a bit about her perspective on the interview I did with her earlier this year on this podcast. Um, so this will basically be taking my lived experience, what I learned there, and the basis of the class that already was and way expanding it and opening it up. And obviously it's not called Boundaries for Women anymore. It is open to all people of all gender expressions and identities. Um, It will be a two-part online class because I know you online (laughs) global folks have been wanting something. So I'm happy to be having an offering for you. So it'll be a two-part class. Part one will be on Saturday, November 20th, which will be right after our full moon in Taurus. And part one will basically be about like, 
you know, establishing and communicating your boundaries. Um, I know some people are are familiar with this work and some people are not. Some people don't even know how to figure out what their boundaries are, let alone express them, let alone enforce them. So that will be part one is like those basics. And then part two will be a little bit more complex. It'll be about uh, respecting your own internal boundaries and it will be about uh, respecting other people's boundaries, which is not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> so it'll be a two-part class. The details are not finalized yet. The registration is not yet open, but I just wanted to give you all a heads up because likely it will open for registration the first week of November. So if you're interested in that, be sure to sign up for the Firebird mailing list or my personal mailing list and you will be the first to hear about it. Second update for November um, is that I will be, again, this is not finalized yet, but it is coming soon. I feel it <laughs> coming. Um, basically, as you may or may not know, I've been making these printed uh, astro calendars for the past few months and giving them to my patrons um, and my Magic Makers Coven. But I really like them, and I actually am going to be making a printed wall calendar from 2022 for 2022. And it will feature basically those, you know, little astro calendars I've been doing, which feature the major planetary transits, you know, new moon, full moon, everything like that, um, as well as photographs from me. I don't know if you all know, but I'm also a photographer in addition to all the things. So I'm going to kind of comb back through my archive, find some really beautiful, um, most of my photographs are film photographs, so find some beautiful film photographs that resonate with each, with each of the months and create a printed wall calendar. And I am going to open it up for pre-sale in November and then likely uh, start shipping and officially selling uh, early December. So just keep that on your radar if that sounds interesting to you. So those are the only two timely updates. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, um, I would love your support on Patreon. Anywhere between $1 and $44 a month gets you all sorts of goodies. Um, so the, that link will always be in the show notes here. And then lastly, over at Firebird, um, which is my healing arts organization, uh, we are still accepting proposals for events, for online events from different practitioners, different teachers in the wellness, healing arts, or creative spheres, or all three, uh, for November, December, and January. So if you are interested, if you're feeling the call to share your medicine, if you want to be held in a larger container and a larger organization and kind of have an online home base for your offering, um, then you're welcome to reach out. All right, so those are all of the updates. Let's get into some of the vibes. As I said, uh, just to let you know a little bit about my process, when I sit down to do our tarot reading, I sit down in front of my altar, I meditate, I connect to to my guides, to my ancestors, and I sort of just ask, you know, what what is the vibe? What do we need to know? And, you know, these phrases, these ideas float into my head and I write them down. So that is where these come from. Okay, so the first vibe is be present with your depths. Be present with your depths. So if you already know, we are in Scorpio season, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, but basically, Scorpio season is a really supportive time to do really, really deep work. So whether that's shadow work, um, 
we just had an interview about shadow work with Danny Bobby on the last episode. So you can definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, whether that's just like being with all the parts of you, all the depths of you, all the feelings that you hold, you know, every single bit. Um, or whether that is, you know, doing ancestor work and really getting into the depths of your lineage, um, whether that be like your actual bloodline, your actual DNA, or whether that be your energetic lineage, um, energetic ancestors or cultural ancestors. Uh, be present with your depths. You know, don't be afraid of it. Um, it is it is safe to explore all parts of you. Uh, our next vibe is what core truth or wounds are your feelings illuminating for you? So this is sort of an invitation to, you know, when our emotions come up and our emotions will come up, that is just, you know, a thing <laughs> that happens to us humans and it's okay. Um, you know, Scorpio is a water sign. Scorpio is you know, so Scorpio has an intent, a uh, capacity for intensity and a capacity for intense feeling. So there's a chance that you may be feeling that. Um, and so this is an invitation, like when, when those wounds are activated, when those emotions are activated, um, to, to be with it, not to run for it again, like be present with your depths to be with it. And then to maybe do some gentle exploration about like what is really underneath there like where is this coming from and see if you can find some medicine there some some revelation some healing some truth um, even if it's you know it could be simple it could be complex it could have to do with like your developmental trauma it could have to do with like your brain stories but just like being curious about our emotions when they come up and and going into them next vibe is where can you use your truth as a superpower? Um, so Scorpio and again, and also Sagittarius that we're moving into in November as well. Um, a similarity I see between these two signs is that they're both really interested in the truth and uncovering the truth and realness and rawness. Um, so, you know, being able to connect to your own truth and have that guide your way and have that like you know decide how to enforce your boundaries how you communicate with people how you show up like what you're doing uh, making sure that it's anchored in your truth whatever that means to you okay I'll go a little bit faster through these next ones uh, the next one is what ancestral traditions can you honor and celebrate again we're doing ancestor work um, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been Samhain, um, the day that we, you know, honor our dead and the Day of the Dead also happening. Um, basically, that's a potent time to connect to ancestors. The veil is thin. So what ancestral traditions can you honor and celebrate? Because we're still, you know, even though Samhain has passed, we're still in that time of ancestral connection. We're still in Scorpio season and basically either time on either side of Halloween on Samhain on uh, October 31st you know as we go out before and after that date the veil is still thin so there's still much opportunity to honor your ancestors um, and on the flip side of that what ancestral wounding can you begin to unravel and heal <laughs> and we get into this a bit in our tarot reading less fun part but again like this is a really supportive time to go into your depths and to 
begin to unwind and heal and look at and witness like some of those really deep wounds, whether they are yours from this lifetime or whether they are inherited from other lifetimes, um, from your ancestors or from, you know, even from past lives. What is ready to be released? Again, thinking about, you know, death, release, the natural cycles of all things, like if there's anything that that is ready to go, that that you are ready to let go of or that you maybe should let go of in order to create space. Um, Lean into your psychic and intuitive gifts. Again, this is a very highly active time of year for magic, for psychic skills, for intuition and we for sure, every one of us is intuitive, and I believe that every one of us has the capacity um, for for psychic skills and psychic abilities. So just exploring that in whatever way feels safe for you or and or seeking out teachers to go a little bit more in depth. Um, tell the whole truth. Back to our truth theme here. Tell the whole truth with consent. So... <laughs> as a Sagittarius myself, um, something that has often gotten me into trouble is, uh, you know, telling people my truth, my perspective, my opinion that they didn't necessarily ask for because, you know, I just, (laughs) I want to anchor into truth and I want to be very open with people. Um, But, you know, people aren't always wanting or ready for that. So like, you know, ask for consent, especially if you're going to tell someone something that, you know, could be triggering or could be upsetting to them, just trying to set up safe containers for conversation. But again, just like going for the whole truth, because that's, that's just the time we're in. Um, ask your beloved dead and the angels for help. Again, yeah, ancestor season, they're here, they're around, they're ready to help you, they love you. Um, and angels, the way that I work with angels, I see them as non-denominational beings, basically like beings of, of light, of divine help. Um, and I think that anyone can work with them. I really like their energy when I, when I call them in. Um, and Sagittarius is ruled by the temperance card and the tarot, which features a big angel front and center. So I'm kind of thinking about that energy as well. Um, other ones that are a little more esoteric from that came through from my ancestors um follow the clues slash breadcrumbs that's kind of like look out for clues from spirit from your ancestors um and that's also you know how you you can also communicate with your ancestors by like asking for signs um so just playing around with that practice a little bit tend to your roots so you know as you know that's the name of this episode came through from my ancestors and it's really about like thinking about our roots both in terms of our ancestry, you know, our bloodline, our history, our DNA history, our energetic history, our soul's history, um, but also thinking about, you know, the rootedness that you occupy in the day to day. So that has to do with your body, your body feeling nourished, safe, good, you know, rested, taken care of. That also has to do with like your your home and your sense of safety and security in your home. So like just looking at all those aspects um, and just seeing if there's any area in any of those aspects that needs a little bit of care. 
Um, and of course, you know, we can root down by, we can root down at times by meditating, stretching, you know, getting into our body. We can root down by going into nature, especially like touching the earth with our feet. If you're game, you can do your bare feet. It feels good. Maybe not this time of year because it's cold, but in general, I love that. Um, and you can eat root vegetables and those really are some ways to root down. Okay, next few, trust yourself, trust your knowing, get close to spirit. Your body is a living altar to your ancestors. Um, and this we also get into in the tarot reading, but basically this idea that like every single thing that has happened in your, you know, in the history of your bloodline, of your ancestors, of your DNA, the culmination of all of that is you and you know any ancestor work anything like that that you do is ultimately like you are the conduit for that um, and your body is a living altar <laughs> to your ancestors so again like paying attention to your body taking care of your body especially if you live in the northern hemisphere um, where the days are growing colder and shorter and we generally have less energy so just you know paying a lot of attention to that um, next is reclaim your power from where you may have given it away or where it has been taken from you. Scorpio is spicy and powerful, <laughs> can definitely help you with that. And last one is let gratitude guide the way. So this one, you know, if you live in America you may be familiar with the tradition of Thanksgiving um, and while yeah I don't really support that holiday for a lot of reasons including you know the genocide of the indigenous people of America and a lot of other things um, and also just like personal you know traumatic associations with like certain kinds of family gatherings and certain kinds of obligations um just for my personal life, like I don't really get down with that holiday so much. Uh, but one good thing that I think comes about this time of year is that like everyone is talking about gratitude. Um, and truly gratitude, you know, can be, maybe should be like a cornerstone of your, you know, of your practice of just being in the world. I, you know, recite a gratitude list every day. Um, and I find that gratitude is a really, really potent kind of magic and actually is a doorway and a pathway into all kinds of abundance. Because if you are kind of focusing on the vibration of like what is here, what you have, what feels abundant and full and what you're grateful for, that helps you to attract a similar vibration and kind of signals to the universe that like you're ready for more. Um, so let gratitude guide the way. All right, so that's it for the vibes. Let's get into the astrology a little bit. Um, and for this, I am not going to go super deep with anything. I'm just going to talk about the kind of um, seasons that the sun is in, tell you what the planetary transits are, um, and that's about it. <laughs> and if you'd like to see a visual representation of this, um, you can check out my month ahead PDF, which includes the astro calendar for November, a written version of our tarot reading um, that's available for my patrons on my Patreon, as well as for sale in my shop. All right. So as I said, we are in Scorpio season. Um, 
I love Scorpio energy. I feel like they get a bad rap. I think I said that in the last episode too in October. But I really appreciate Scorpio's realness. Um, And again, as a fellow, as a Sag, Sagittarius, I feel like we share this this connection and importance to like the pursuit of the truth and the revelation of the truth with a capital T. So Scorpio is the sign of the scorpion. They are a fixed water sign. Um, We are in Scorpio season this year from October 22nd until November 21st. So some attributes that we talk about when we talk about Scorpios um, are their depth their honesty, their spiciness, their mysteriousness, their intensity, their magic slash psychic abilities, their sexiness, <laughs> and just the, the kind of capacity to go into the dark and into the shadow. Um, you know, if you think about the image of a scorpion, um, they, you know, they, they burrow, they dig, they go into the depths, into the underworld. And you know, they do have stingers, like they can for sure sting you and hurt you. But if you leave them alone, you know, they probably won't come after you um, unless they feel threatened by you in some way, basically. (laughs) So that's how I like to think about Scorpios. Um, So they are a water sign. So again, they have that like that depth and that emotional intensity. And I think also, you know, I think they also do have some of that vulnerability, but they also have this super potent uh, weapon of their stinger, uh, which can, you know, which can protect them and which they will not hesitate to use to protect themselves and they will not hesitate to use to protect those that they love. So that Scorpio energy in a nutshell, uh, very basic, but basically like at this time you might be called as I said to like do a bit of shadow work um, to go into your own underworld a bit you might be called to lean into your psychic gifts uh, to explore ancestor work um, and just to you know maybe be a little bit spicier (laughs) than you normally are. Uh, Scorpio is ruled by the death card in the tarot so again you know death is not a scary thing it can be it can be a painful thing for you know, if you experience the death of a loved one and um, it is a natural part of life and it's a necessary part of life because like everything that dies, um, you know, goes back into the earth and, you know, in the natural world, in the plant world, you know, you need those plants dying back and and decaying and going into the soil so that they can then turn into nutrients that can then support the new seedlings to come in the spring. So, you know, death, how we look at it in the tarot and how, you know, how I think of it is just, you know, it's part of the, you know, life, death, birth or rebirth cycle, Um, just a natural part of the order of things. And Scorpio is ruled by uh, Pluto or and or Mars, depending on (laughs) who you're asking, old school versus new school. So we're in Scorpio season right now on the 21st of November. We are moving into Sagittarius season, my time. (laughs) Sagittarius is the sign of the centaur, um, which is a half horse, half human archer. 
uh, Sagittarius is a mutable fire sign, which means that they are, you know, adaptable and changeable versus Scorpio, which is a fixed water sign. So they are the way they are, uh, more or less. So Sagittarian attributes, as I said, that pursuit of truth, uh, general enthusiasm, penchant for like adventure, travel, motion, um, interest in like, you know, philosophy, learning and teaching. Um, so yeah, Sagittarians like to move around. They like new experiences. They like new information. Um, so learning, traveling, exploring, um, and, but they also are, you know, (laughs) I think super fun. Uh, they can definitely be the life of the party. They can definitely be, you know, a bit, uh, messy (laughs) and potentially, like a little bit unreliable um, just because they are so like they just want to live and they want to experience so like sometimes in that like there's not always space uh, for the practical things but lucky for me I have five planets in Capricorn so I I am messy and I still get the practical things done and of course you know as you might know um your sun sign is really just one part of the whole picture of your astrological chart. So I definitely resonate a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot with my Sagittarian identity, but I also resonate with my Leo rising. And I also, you know, I'm very aware that my Capricorn stellium like rules my life, including how I work, Saturn and how I speak Mercury. So just a little side note there. So Sagittarius, as I said, is ruled by the temperance card in the tarot, which is basically this really beautiful card of kind of like standing between two worlds and like integration and being able to hold the both and being able to be an earthly and spiritual being simultaneously. Um, And it's ruled by the planet Jupiter, which is the planet of, you know, expansion, abundance and luck. All right, so those are our seasons that we're moving through in November. And then just to talk a little bit about the other planetary transits. So Mercury is currently in Libra until November 5th, then moving into Scorpio from November 5th till November 24th, then moving into Sagittarius from November 24th until December 13th. Um, so Mercury is zooming around three different, <laughs> three different signs this month. Uh, Mercury was in Libra for a while, was retrograded, went direct in November. So things might be feeling a little bit more logical, momentous for you. Um, I know for me, uh, we had quite a few planets going direct in November and I felt a lot of this sense of like integration and resolution and moving forward. So I'm you know, you may think about the ways in which that that may have happened for you in November, especially towards the middle of the month. I mean, October, (laughs) October, those planets went direct. We're in November now. So next is Venus, which is in Sagittarius until November 5th, and then goes into Capricorn um, through the end of the year. We will have a Venus retrograde coming up in December, but we don't have to worry about that yet. Mars is going to hang out in Scorpio this whole month. Jupiter is still in Aquarius until the end of the year, but is now direct. 
Uh, Saturn is also still in Aquarius for a long ass time until March 2023, is also direct. Uh, Uranus is still in Taurus until 2025, um, still retrograde. Neptune is still in Pisces until 2025, also retrograde this month. Uh, Pluto's in Capricorn. And that's it. Um, we have our new moon in Scorpio coming up on Thursday, November 4th. And then we have our full moon in Taurus happening on Friday, November 19th. Um, and that full moon in Taurus is a partial lunar eclipse. Um, so it's the beginning of our next cycle of eclipses um, along the Taurus-Scorpio axis that will be happening all throughout 2022. So this will be like a little bit of a preview of that energy. All right, so that is it for our astro forecast for November. We're going to take a really quick break for our sponsor, and then we'll come back with our collective tarot reading for the month ahead. Stay tuned. All right, so let's get into our tarot reading for the month of November. So today we have four cards, four questions that we are asking, um, and we're using the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck. So first up, first question is, where is there an invitation to deepen into our truth? Where is there an invitation to deepen into our truth? And the card that we got for this is the Queen of Swords in reverse. Um, let me just say before I get into this that this whole reading is like a little bit heavy, but it's okay because like we're in Scorpio season. Again, we're allowed to go into our depths, but just letting you know there's some deep, deep themes here uh, in this reading. So we have Queen of Swords in reverse. Again, question is where is there an invitation to deepen into our truth? So on this version of Queen of Swords, Rider-Waite-Smith, the kind of traditional imagery, we see a queen sitting in her throne. And of course, you know, any of the court cards are not gendered. We all have access to them and we all have uh, the ability to connect to these archetypes within ourselves. So Queen of Swords, we see her sitting on her throne. She is in profile. She's sitting up super straight. She has her sword in her hand, in one of her hands, and her sword is also super straight, super sharp, pointing to the sky, and she has one hand kind of gesturing out. Um, and in the background here, we see, it almost looks like she has like a cloak of, you know, clouds almost. And then in the background, we also see clouds and a blue sky, some trees and a bird. So... Queen of Swords is really, I mean, the sword suit in general is, you know, about, generally about our minds. Um, it can be about the way that we communicate, definitely about the way that we think. Um, but also, like, the theme of swords is also that, like, you know, sharpness and protection and the ways in which we can use our words and our boundaries to create safe containers for the rest of us. So Queen of Swords is coming up in reverse today for us. And so the question here that you're invited to, to lean into is like, can you feel into the places within yourself where your own Queen of Swords, your inner Queen of Swords feels out of alignment? So some ways this may be showing up or resonating for you is like, are there places where you are, you know, denying or suppressing your own truth? 
Uh, are there places where you are giving your power away? Are there places where you are violating your own boundaries are not, or potentially not making them known to others? And or are you playing mind games with yourself? As I said, <laughs> it's a little heavy. We're getting real. Queen of Swords gets really real. She's also one that's really interested in truth. So, you know, thinking about this reading, thinking about this reading for us, you know, what I kind of felt into is basically that like, you know, to be a queen, to embody queen energy is a huge amount of responsibility. It requires a lot of integrity, a lot of presence. You hold a lot of power and you're responsible for the fate of your whole, you know, your whole queendom. And this applies to you because you have a queendom and or a kingdom <laughs> inside of you, you know, all those parts of you. So being a queen is a lot of responsibility and, you know, wielding a sword is also a lot of responsibility because swords are also really powerful. Like they can be, you know, they can be good things. They can be used to protect ourselves, to protect our loved ones. You know, if you're like walking in a forest and there's a bunch of brush, you can use your sword to like cut down the brush and, you know, create a clear path ahead of you. Um, but also, you know, obviously swords can be dangerous. They can be used for harm. They can be used for killing. So wielding a sword is a huge responsibility. Being a queen is a huge responsibility. And like when you combine them, there's so much power there and so much capacity to help or harm that you may, you know, not be fully comfortable with stepping into that power, stepping into that role, claiming your space, claiming your truth claiming your boundaries and I totally get that um however I'm inviting you to explore your relationship with your power explore your relationship with your boundaries explore your relationship with your truth and see you know what what aligned actions you can take to to be more real with yourself again our question was where is there an invitation to deepen into our truth and so basically the invitation is to go into our mind space, go into our mental space um, and see what we haven't really been honest with ourselves about. And if we're not honest with ourselves about, you know, things such as our own boundaries, um, things such as what we are and aren't willing to do with others, receive from others, give to others, then there's no way for us to communicate that to others and then actually have those boundaries be respected and therefore have us feel safe and have us feel like we're in consent with whatever the situation is so you know a suggested practice for this is to you know spend some time in meditation you know clearing your mind and then when you feel ready you know just asking yourself asking yourself if you want to also bring in guides or ancestors here you can but just asking yourself like you know what what do I need to feel safe? What do I need to feel like I'm in my power? Um, you know, are there places where I haven't been fully honest with myself? Are there places where I am consistently allowing my boundaries to be violated and just not doing anything about it? Um, that can either be other people violating your boundaries or yourself <laughs> violating your own boundaries. Um, and what can you do to correct these imbalances? What can you do to step into your power and to use your, your crystal clear communication, which comes along with a sword suit, um, whether that be written or spoken, 
what can you do to use your own knowledge, your own wisdom, your own communication, also your own like fierceness and willingness to protect yourself? How can you use all of that to better protect your whole queendom, your whole inner world? And then do it. Just, just do it. All right. So our next card, our next question is how can we treat our bodies like altars? Again, going back to the themes that we spoke about at the very beginning of the episode. And the card that we got for this is the seven of pentacles. So in this deck, what we see is a person uh, working in a field, working in a garden, and they are, you know, they have a, a hoe. <laughs> or some kind of garden implement uh, in their hand and they're kind of leaning on it and looking lovingly at this this bush this plant that has seven pentacles growing on it as though they were you know melons or squash or something like that so as I've spoken about you know seven of pentacles before on this podcast um you know, we'll kind of get into that theme talking about this reading. Again, our question is, how can we treat our bodies like altars? So we're being invited to meet our bodies where they are at, to go at our natural pace and level of capability, and to not strain or push ourselves past like that natural point of our capability, especially not in order to meet, you know, an external expectation or a measurement of success or a certain productivity quota you know as I said in the northern hemisphere we're losing light you know we're losing the sun and we have lower energy so like we can't just keep pushing ourselves um in this big external external way um to reach a certain level of productivity so you know again thinking back to this this garden metaphor um which is on this card like you can't rush a crop in the field. You can, you know, tend to it. You can love it. You can give it nutrients. You can give it water. You can like give it all the things that will help it to grow. But ultimately, whether or not it grows and how fast it grows is is up to the crop. Like it grows as it grows. You can't physically force it, can't rush it other than, as I said, tending to it and just <laughs> having faith and patience. Um and, you know, if you try to harvest something before it's ready or after it's ripe, like it's either going to be raw and sour and bitter or it's going to be mushy and bland. <laughs> and we don't want either of those things. So just like trusting in the timing, trusting that like wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever your capability is, especially your bodily capability, like that is exactly right and that is exactly okay. And similarly, thinking back to like the idea of an altar and thinking of ourselves as altars. So with magic, like you can't really rush or force magic either. Like when you have an altar, you can tend to it. You can bring it offerings. You can bring it like prayers and energy and intention. You can clean it. You can refresh it and like, you know, make sure it's a beautiful place where spirit can find you. But, you know, after that, like all you can do is trust and continue showing up. You can't force your altar to do anything. You can't force magic to do anything or your ancestors to do anything. Um, and also thinking about like, you know, the practice of manifestation. Um, what I've found and what I've also learned from others is like when we get really 
granular and specific with our manifestations, they usually don't really work out that way. So whether it's like, you know, a certain timeline that you're working on or whether it's like a certain dollar amount that you're trying to manifest, like spirit, spirit is way more expansive than that. Like spirit works on a way bigger playing board. And so like spirit can feel into like you know, your desire and your vibration and like your ability to and openness to receive. But spirit isn't like Amazon Prime. You can't just like order this exact thing that you want and expect it to get to you within two days. Not saying that doesn't happen because it does happen because magic is real and we each are at, you know, different points in our path and our capability to manifest and like what might have already been coming our way. But that's all to say that like with any kind of magic, with our altar work, like it also is a process of trust and a process of just like consistently showing up and tending and trusting that the outcome that we want will be there. So with both of these metaphors in mind, the garden and the altar, thinking about, you know, thinking about your body as a holy land, a holy place. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, it's living altar to your ancestors it's a literal manifestation of every single heartbeat every single breath thought joy sorrow toil birth and death that has come before you so you're invited you know always but especially this month to treat it with the same kind of reverence and respect that you would treat your altar or your garden or your grandmother or like anything or anyone else that you tend carefully and hold dear So be gentle with yourself, you know, rest when you're tired, eat when you're hungry, drink lots of water and, you know, tend to your spiritual and energetic needs as much because as well, because they also affect your body. So just be aware of like the impact that all of your thoughts, actions and decisions have on the holy altar that is your beautiful body. All right. So our next question is what can support us in connecting to and honoring our ancestors? And so the card that we got for this is Ten of Swords. (laughs) Don't be scared. Uh, So Ten of Swords in this deck is you basically see a person lying on the ground, um, you know, dead with ten swords sticking up out of their back. And there's just kind of this like dark sky and bleak landscapes uh so ten of swords is about you know it's about the end of a cycle all all the tens are about an end at some way and again the swords um is related to the mind related to the element of air so you know for us again the question is what can support us in connecting to and honoring our ancestors you know the message that came with this card for me is like you know ancestor work as amazing as it is as nourishing and helpful as it can be is like it's not all you know sunshine and roses it's not all super pleasant like it can be really real and it can be really raw and like it can be you know painful and triggering because family is at times painful and triggering um but like any healing modality like any practice it's ultimately worth it like there's ultimately something on the other side of it that feels so much better Um, so basically, 
Yeah. When we tap into our ancestral energy, like we might, you know, find some pain. We might find hurt. We also might find, you know, cycles and patterns of self-destruction that we've inherited and that like our ancestors have been stuck in for generations and generations and generations. So like this may feel, you know, big and intimidating and a bit heavy to take on and it may even feel like so scary that like you might not even want to start. You might not even want to look at it. Um, the thing is, is that like whether or not we are doing this intentional work of excavating, like we all carry some of these burdens from our ancestors, from our, you know, family, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately for us, or I mean, really fortunately for us, but like, I feel like a lot of people who are alive right now, like are <laughs> the curse breakers of their family. Like we are aware of ancestral curses we are aware of inherited patterns and cycles we are aware of like inherited family trauma that lives in our dna from like before we were even born um we're aware of that and we're also like in general like a lot of us are opening to spirituality opening to talking about trauma opening to like a lot more that wasn't really seen or spoken about by our parents by our grandparents etc etc so like it or not we are in a position of again a great responsibility where if we do this healing work on ourselves now if we are able to face those scary parts those unpleasant parts that that live inside us and that we've inherited we have the capacity to not only heal ourselves in the present, but to also heal for our future, for the future generations. Like if we, you know, if we choose to procreate, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, you know, doing the healing work now and especially doing healing work along with the support of your ancestors that are in spirit. Um, that also has the capacity to reverberate back in time because as I said you are a living altar to your ancestors you are connected to them so healing yourself and especially healing these deep wounds around your family can also have the capacity to heal your ancestors and heal your whole ancestral line so you know some suggested ways to go about <laughs> exploring this energy um, is you know to begin noticing and then, you know, accepting what is here, like all of what is here, Scorpio style. So like we feel a strain or a sadness about this relationship with this family member. We feel that we've inherited this, you know, s scarcity mentality, this like, you know, poverty, you know, which is, you know, it's very real to have, uh, you know, socioeconomic and also like, you know, different factors of like racial privilege affect how much money you have and how much money you can make based upon your privilege like that is real and in addition to that being real and happening like in the 3d world we also you know our belief systems are formed around those that we learned from our caretakers um so like if our caretakers teach us that like you have to like work really hard and suffer in order to be abundant like that is you know what our money story will be until we rewrite it, which isn't easy. You know, none of this work is easy. So looking at what's there, looking at what you're holding again in your body, in your mind, like in your existence, in your personhood, um, you know, you may like celebrate 
things that you've made progress on, like things that you've begun to heal. You may acknowledge the places where you haven't even, you know, had the will to even look at yet. Um, And just, you know, witnessing it all, acknowledging that it's there. And then, you know, you have the agency to choose how to heal, to choose how to grow and evolve, to choose like how you want to take care of yourself and what kind of different choices you want to make from your ancestors in order for you to grow and evolve and heal in this lifetime and again in order to you know heal your future generations and heal the past generations um so you know in all this as I said it's heavy and and you can and should ask your ancestors for help with this kind of transmutation, with this kind of grieving, with this moving through, with this curse breaking. Um, Ask them for help, ask them for energy, ask them for support, guidance, magic, protection, all of the things. Um, Again, you know, it's, it's heavy, but, you know, if you go into it in a way where you feel safe and supported and resourced, um, then you can do it um, and for me just a note when I work with my ancestors I use the term uh, well ancestors and that's a term that I first heard from Lindsay Mack who's a who's a tarot educator and amazing person um, and so if you don't you know especially if you don't know all of your ancestors and you know of for sure like all of <laughs> a lot of our ancestors especially like us white people Um, have done a lot of fucked up stuff so like you don't necessarily want to invite in all of them Um, so that's just what I use as a kind of uh, protective gatekeeping measure so that I am you know conscious about who I'm calling in and again it can be uh, you know ancestors that I know and that I've worked with and then you know ones that are well-meaning and want to help me that I don't know all right so our final card our final question is what is really, really ready to go, shed, be released? Um, and the card that we got for this is the Five of Wands. And the image that we see here is basically, you know, five people. Um, they all have these like really big wands, these really big sticks. And they're kind of like, looks like they're kind of fighting. They're kind of play fighting. But there's just like a lot of activity, like a lot kind of interwoven of different sticks touching each other and it's just kind of this like messy and active scene all right and again the question was what is really really ready to go shed be released and so you know if you've been listening to this podcast uh for the past couple months like basically ever since Virgo season um we've been called and calling to do a lot of shedding like that is the energy of fall um so we've been doing shedding and hopefully like you have done some you have cleared up your plate a little bit cleaned up your house a little bit like helped things to feel a bit more solid for you and we are still shedding um especially in Scorpio season and if you think about like what's going on you know in the plants this time of year like whatever is still there you know is probably like it's probably gone to seed it might be dead dried out like brown like it's really anything that's still in the ground right now unless it's like an evergreen is is on its last legs and it's about to you know become compost so similarly um (laughs) the question the invitation of this card is like what you know, in the context of the work you've already done, the shedding you've already done, if you have, what is 
still here, still present with you, that like you have been reluctant or resistant to let go of. Um, It could be something that like you can't even like really fathom life without it. But at the same time, it's not actually something you want to be in your life. So it's something that feels really big, like really messy, really entwined and like intrinsic to your life that like you can't even permission yourself to begin to think about how to unravel it. So like if you think about a plant, you know, that you want, like let's say a tomato plant, it has its roots, it's down on the ground. And then oh, let's say like a Japanese knotweed, God forbid, uh, pops up and starts growing, you know, within the roots you would have like these other roots of this invasive plant this weed um you know intertwined with the roots of the thing you want to grow and nourish so the thing you want to grow and nourish can't fully grow and nourish when this other thing is taking up space and stealing nutrients from it so we want to really uproot very thoroughly um the thing that is there so what to you feels like big and messy and stressy like what feels overwhelming what feels out of control what feels like it is like constantly and consistently draining your energy um like is it a relationship is it a commitment is it a way that you show up for yourself for your work is it the way you take care of yourself or like the way you do or don't show up for your like passions and creative expressions Um, Is it a mental pattern of like self-diminishment, self-destruction, self-harm? Is it a long-standing addiction? Um, Is it a terrifying closet in your house where you just like keep throwing everything that doesn't have a place and then it just grows and grows and grows and is this like monster closet that you don't even want to open? Or is it something subtler but that feels like this thing that is bothering you? So whatever it feels like to you, for me, just to give you an example, because this might be a little bit esoteric, um, but for me, I feel like this thing that is being called to my attention by the five of wands is like my relationship to media and the internet. And like, like I said, like, that's a really big thing. It's really interwoven into everything from, you know, business to pleasure, to communication, to society, you know, for me. So, and like... I'm not really happy with the frequency with which I am on the internet and consuming media. So between like, you know, scrolling on Instagram, like actually like working and marketing on Instagram between like watching, you know, Netflix and stuff like that. Like I don't really like my frequency of doing all those things. And yet it's something that feels really ingrained into my habits and like the little like, you know, serotonin hit when I get like a like on Instagram is like you know actually addictive for my brain um so for me like looking at all of that and actually like changing my habits around that is going to take a lot of presence and a lot of intention um and it's it's might not be a fast process it might be things you know something where I set up boundaries and limits for myself and then I have to stick to those boundaries and limits consistently and consistently and consistently and consistently so Yeah. (laughs) So if there's anything like that for you, uh, my recommendation and the kind of invitation um, energetically of this card is just to like begin to unwind the ball of yarn, begin to uproot the weed, begin to banish this thing. Um, 
go at the pace you're comfortable with but like just start somewhere like like I said like if it's a ball of yarn like find the end and you just kind of begin to untangle it Um, not a ball of yarn a tangle of yarn you want it to be a ball Um, so, you know, this might look like disentangling, like, different parts of your life that feel like they're dependent upon this, like, messy beast, um, and finding new systems and structures of support that actually feel sustainable and maybe, like, more pleasurable than this original thing. So, like, if you're pulling, yeah, if you're pulling out something that feels like it's supporting another part of your life, find something else, some other form of support so that you're not just floundering and more overwhelmed so decide what the thing is decide what the goal is and then figure out how you will know that it's actually gone and then just keep consistently showing up just working doing your little work and you know eventually hopefully it will be eradicated um also just acknowledging that like you know grief uh or other emotions might come up around this shedding process especially if it's something that feels like the foundations of our life are built on it or feels nostalgic feels connected to a different part of our life like there just might be feelings up in here holding this thing in here so just acknowledging those feelings taking good care of yourself and like trusting that you know you will be okay you can do it and the spaciousness that you are creating will make space for new blessings to come all right so that is it for our collective tarot reading um the very last thing i will leave you with is this moody moody scorpio season poem uh called the scorpion that i wrote a few years ago and then we will be done all right what is hid will be uncovered No one is safe, not friends or lovers. The truth is coming after you. The scorpion will see it through. Dig it deep, try as you might. Earth unearthed to see the light. Buried secrets, not for long. Won't judge who's right, won't judge who's wrong. All laid bare, nothing is spared. Face your darkness if you dare. Try to outrun it, you'll run in circles. Deny it till your face turns purple. What seems like chaos truly blesses. Thank lucky stars for holy messes. Truth will prevail. It always does. Can you meet shadows with your love? Can you meet shadows with your love? Can you meet shadows with your love? All right, that is it. Have a beautiful November, beautiful rest of your Scorpio season. I believe we will have an interview this month on astrology, but just stay tuned for that official announcement. Um, And then we will see you again in the beginning of December. Thank you so much for listening to Magic and Medicine. Your support means the world to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more about me, join me for an upcoming event, or receive a one-on-one session, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Rainbow or on my website, sarahrain.com. 
If you'd like to support the creation of this podcast, you're welcome to join my Patreon at patreon.com backslash Sarah Rain, or make a donation at anchor.fm backslash magic and medicine. Take care and see you next time. Thank you.